I shared my double with Juicy. That was Juicy. Mr. Juicy. That shit was amazing. I wouldn't say that out loud outside of wrestling circles. <laughs> Why? Because Juicy could be all sorts of things outside of wrestling. You you shared your drink with Mr. Juicy. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that, all right, so outside the wrestling culture, <laughs> outside, that is a major pause moment, that is a major pause moment, sometimes I got a cop to saying some shit, yeah, yeah. that, no. that was a major pause it, moment, exactly. what the fuck, damn, we're high, welcome everyone to the Pro Wrestling Spotlight presents True Hill Heat 31, we are back live in the THH uh, headquarters. I am here with top guy JJ, your resident True Hill alcoholic. It is me, it is me, it is SP3. We are missing the always lovely, the always feisty Miss Chrissy Love, but don't worry, she's gonna be back on True Hill Heat 32. We are coming off the heels of a long, long, long Wrestlemania 35 week. It started on Wednesday at Battle Club Pro Woman Crush Wednesday. We were live there. We want to shout out everyone that was there. We had interview with Thunder Rosa from Lucha Underground, aka Cobra Moon. From there, we went to Wale Mania. Uh, we talked about that on True Hill Heat 30. You saw us on Friday, last Friday on True Hill Heat 30. We went from there to take over New Oh yeah, York. same energy. Oh my God. Same energy. The best events ever. Then Saturday, the G1 uh, Supercard. And then, of course, Sunday was the Bullet Club Block Party. You heard a little bit of thoughts about that. But we are back on True Hill Heat 31. We're going to be covering what happened at WrestleMania 35, as well as the Raw and SmackDown after WrestleMania. We're going to be covering all the major news stories from WrestleMania week, coming off of WrestleMania week, including Sasha Banks hey, and, boo. and the misadventures of Sasha Banks <laughs> following her long of the women's tag team titles. Oh, God. Road Dog Jesse James or Brian James stepping down as head writer of SmackDown Live and much, much more. Fucking loaded, man. Are you ready for True Hill Heat? I mean, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready. You know, I was born. You know, I'm getting ready. You know, we gotta, you know. Always gets ready. So, before we Blame get Blame it on the juice. The real juice. This is the real stuff, you know. Not no. Robinson. Welcome everybody. You know, not Robinson. Not Gino Gambino. Fucking week, man. It's been long. You know, it's not even called wrestling. It's literally week now. Yes. It's not weekend. That shit is a fucking non-ending, forever-going marathon. Went to WrestleCon Super Show. I went to Takeover New York. I went to G1 Supercard. I went to Legends for the WrestleMania because I couldn't stand in those stadium seats. I couldn't sit in those stadium seats for seven and a half hours. God bless Woo! all each and every one of you that are not from New York or from New York that came out for WrestleMania because I got to hand it to you guys. You guys went through a long, 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 very long show and then had to deal with the worst New Jersey transit ever. Ever in history from the news story. But we got to get into the True Hill roll call. How we start off every True Hill heat. Where we call out our biggest fans. Our people that are supporting us on our group page. Our main podcast page on Facebook. As well as on the Twitter machine. Instagram. On a YouTube channel. As well as everywhere else. Chrissy, yo. Oh my god. Like it feels different not having you here, yo. Like, where are you? Like, you see, this is for you. I'm having, you know, I'm He's having a double shot. Right now, right? I'm going to have a little swig, just a little shot. 
You would have thought he drank enough WrestleMania. For, for the sensational Chrissy, you know what I mean? Sensational. Here in spirit. Miss Chrissy Love. She was live at TakeOver New York with us. Great, great show, by the Amazing way. Amazing show. Great show. I'm talking about her, her, you know, her, the podcast. Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. And she's the coming on the big four. Great I checked it out myself. Great they show. did great. Shouts out to Chrissy Love for her great performance on the big four, along with Janelle from HR, uh, Tati, as well as Jenna Bay So, shouts out to all four of those ladies. They did a great job on the big four, the one year anniversary of the big four. Uh, shout out to everyone on there as well as the Jobber Tears podcast. But we got to call out our true heels. Our top three conversation starters are the same once again. We got Jamie Tanak coming in at number three. The Peruvian pimp, Bruno AB. <laughs> Yo, when did this energy wait, change? Wait, is he number one? No, he's number two. What? He's number two. Why is he number one? He's number two. When did this energy change, though? He's number one to me. I don't know, but I know before the G1 Supercar, they were at Hooters, and they were literally like little kids in a corner, like laughing and giggling with each other, telling each other little secrets. It's kind of gross. I mean, I guess Hooters would get them to do that. You know, I guess, you He's know. He's a good guy. Real salt of the earth. But, yeah. I mean, when Hooters got you giggling and laughing, that sounds like some real virgin yeah, shit. Yeah, you know. Is I'm it just, I'm just saying. Number one was the Negro <laughs> Buck, Nick Jackson. Uh, shout out to a couple of our true heels. I want to give a very special shout out to Steve Salvage. He's one of our longtime OG true heel members, and he's been holding it down on the group page, creating uh, whole threads for Raw, SmackDown, as well as a long, I think it was like 300 comment thread for WrestleMania. These guys were keeping the conversation going on the True Hills group page, so we definitely want to shout out Steve Salvage. Uh, Patrick Chavez, our main man, Money Pat, Cali's own Pat. Uh, Pat, big shout what? out big to Pat. Big shout out to Pat. He definitely helped us out a lot during the Bullet Club block party. He was the man behind the camera. He was the, the replacement for that no good, dirty producer, that baby Russo, Seth, Buck, son of a bitch that didn't want to come to New Jersey. I, Pat, hold yo, you down. I try, to hold, I try to do a little baby Russo promo, and I kind of like stopped. I was like, I, I, I can't keep that shit up, You're man. You're not him. You're I not tried. Him. I tried. You're not Listen, him. man, going through 97,000. And I was a fucking wrestling. I couldn't keep that. Sh- Listen, let me just let me just keep it because I'm gonna say some really wrong shit. Keep it to yourself. Yes. Uh, Anthony Verdoco, one of the Ronda haters. I know he liked my shirt. Shouts out to him. Uh, we got Michael Brian Hill, who's one of the number one Becky Lynch fans. We got Carissa and Jacqueline from. Canada, our main friends from Canada. If you know these two ladies, these two ladies are the number one New Japan fans from around the world. Whether we've seen them in San Francisco, Chicago, New York this weekend, they are the number one New Japan fans. They are active, passionate wrestling fans, and we love those two. Uh, Alex Owens, as well as Jay Stevens, is a couple of other True Hills we want to shout out. Our YouTube subscriber spotlight is for Crook Kid Stolly as well as Paul Cantu. And then a very special shout out to everyone who came by our podcast roll table at the Bullet Club block party that were featured on part one as well as part two that's going to be dropping this evening. Part two from our uh, special WrestleMania 35 edition of True Hill Heat live at the Bullet Club block party. So a special shout out to Mario and Sammy from the Lucha Outsider Show. Nathan from 20 by 20 podcast, uh, Jessica 
Monica B, as well as Tony Mario, Carissa, Jacqueline, all those guys, all those girls and guys that came by our Bullet Club pop, Block Party <laughs> Podcast roll table and show their support to the True Heels. Amazing, amazing turnout for the Block Party. It was something that you didn't know what you was walking into. We kind of didn't know what was happening. Like, I, I kind of didn't know what was happening. You see what's, how it's developing. But damn, once it started, can we just can we just give ourselves some props real quick? We, like, dude, guys, like, if y'all were there in Jersey, we had the biggest surrounding by far of any of the podcasts that was there. This is not a knock on any of the podcasts, but... Yo, we showed out, and the people showed us. Like, people were coming up, people was getting cards from SP from pretty much, from, 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 the, from the early morning to pretty much late in the afternoon. People were constantly coming up, asking us where to find, like, it was, like, it, it was humbling. Like, that shit was actually, you really realize when, when you're doing something that's pretty cool, like how how it gravitates, and we had two other pretty well set up podcasts, but the people that was in our section, it was like seventy five ten five, and I still missed the whole ten percent, and that other ten percent was probably with us. It, it was special. Yeah. It was a special special show for us, and I, I you know just just thank you for that because it was it was really something cool. To be a part of such a big wrestling community. And you just see so many different personalities and attitudes. And it was just like, oh my god, this, this, this shit is dope. We were the only podcast that literally take live questions. Yeah. Yeah, we were the only podcast from New York. It was one of we were only one of three podcasts chosen to be a part of the Bullet Club Block Party. The other two podcasts were from New Jersey. We want to shout them out: Armchair uh, Booker Podcast. Yes. Uh, they're really great guys. A couple of funny guys oh, on cool. there. Yeah, they got a really good interview with uh, the guys from Woke Culture while we was out there. Uh, and a shout out to the High Spot Podcast, who was another podcast out of Jersey and a fellow sponsor for Battle Club Pro as well. So shout out to those two podcast but definitely we felt the love the support of the true heels and people that never heard of the true heels basically coming up to us telling us that we we definitely entertained them we definitely made them laugh and they love hearing from other wrestling fans as passionate as themselves but let's hear from other passionate wrestling fans the spot people and the true heels let's hear from them before we get into the top news all right well we got two opposing opinions on that shirt you're wearing sid oh leah nikita says you need to burn that ronda shirt oh shit (laughs) while simon monk is loving that ronda shirt yeah baby did simon did you read the back Um. oh yeah Oh yeah. Um, um, there's, um, there's literally. Oh, there's not. There's nothing on the back. Um, oh nothing. shit. Um, oh shit. No, this no, is the edit. No, this is no. the prototype. No. So, so what happened was, what happened was, is that the only person that could see that print was John Cena. Absolutely. <laughs> the only Absolutely. person. <laughs> I, was like, I, I forgot. I forgot. I'm wearing the. I, I forgot. I'm wearing the prototype. Nah, what he wanted to. What he wanted to do for anybody that said to burn the shirt, he wanted to give you the Lashley pose. Yeah. He he wanted to give you the I Lashley actually, pose. I did actually give you the. Lashley he wanted to no, give you the but Lashley. The, the, the version that's up no, on Teespring right now. You just had a box with you. That was box of media. I, I, will, I will admit. I'll admit what I bought. I, forgot, I literally <laughs> forgot I'm wearing the prototype. But 
You can get the real version on teespring.com. That post, that that link is up on the True Hills group page. No, fuck but you I literally, I literally forgot I'm wearing the prototype. How the fuck you up. forget? You fucked up. I'll admit. I'll admit when I botch. I'll admit it. Unlike this guy, I'll admit when I botch. Yo, I'll admit when I botch. Yo, so the first episode, are you are you SP botch? <laughs> That's one box compared to yours. I mean, SPB. SPB. <laughs> one more question. Uh, we're getting the party started early with Sasha. Um, oh, Matt shit. Harry has a long one. In my opinion, Sasha should have left ages ago. Creative has treated her like shit for a while. Her four title reigns all fell flat. Hopefully, Sasha leaves and AEW will make something of her. So let's get into that. That's our top news story. So thank you. What was the name again? That was Matt Carey. Matt Carey, thank you for the great transition right there. So our top news story has everything to do with the boss, Sasha Banks. As you know, watching it from WrestleMania 35, Sasha Banks and Bayley lost their women's tag team championships in a fatal four-way match, losing to the Iconics, who are the new women's tag team champions. And because of that, it has led to a downward spiral for the ball, Sasha Banks. Following that loss, uh, the report now is coming out that Bayley and Sasha were on the floor in the locker room backstage at WrestleMania 35, basically expressing how unhappy they were that they lost the, the uh, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions chips. As well, they were back at the hotel after WrestleMania 35 doing the same, uh, expressing their unhappiness. And we've heard that Sasha was basically under the impression that her and Bailey would have a long title reign to basically establish the Women's Tag Team titles, which, in fact, they are partly responsible for pushing this man to bring in the women's tag team titles. Uh, so <coughs> the frustration mixed with now uh, a couple of days after WrestleMania, she actually no-showed her opinion or her appearance on the Wendy Williams show, uh, basically Shit, saying that it was a family too. emergency. And she's been putting out cryptic tweets regarding her status right now. And I think before the show went live, you said you read, you, you saw a tweet from her husband uh, Mizanin, who's actually a backstage, uh, yeah. backstage designer for yeah. WWE. Yeah, dude, so <laughs> it should have me kind of rolling a little bit. So I was like, I I'm not even going to read it all the way. Like, I just read the first, like, three lines, and it was, like, literally absolutely pathetic. Yeah, we wanna, we, we, we're going to hear this from the first time reading it from JJ. Let's go. Yeah, so, <clears throat> so... <laughs> so, so, McKaysey is his name? A Mr. Mr. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Castle? Yeah. Is that is that is that McKaysey. McKaysey, Mr. Castle? I, I like to call him Mr. So, so you know when you get like those those long ass emotional texts from your from your from your girl or from your partner and you just start and you just get those get through those first like three, four sentences and you're like, this is over. So, true heels. Spotlight. Brace yourself. Give me about 30 seconds of your time now. Because <clears throat> In life, there comes a point in time where passion and pleasure intersect with business and finances, where the smart choice completely contradicts the right one. And when that time comes, some people will understand, but most people won't. They'll talk about you. They'll question whether you make a mistake. They'll cry because they miss you. They'll laugh and say good riddance. But at the end of the day, the choices are your own. They're not for anyone to understand but yourself. Life will become difficult. 
the roads you travel may get rockier. Believe in yourself, believe in your dreams, and what they mean to you. And as long as you stay to true to who you are, and why you make the choices you make, then they will always be the right ones. What the fuck did I just read? It sounded like the world's smallest violin. You <laughs> just cried on social media. Like, yo, what is... No, this shit like this is why I feel no sympathy for these seven-figure-making motherfuckers. Like, are you kidding me right now? You dropped a belt at the biggest show of the year. You're partially responsible for getting the for, for getting a women's revolution kind of coming full circle by getting the, the tag the tag titles. What you thought you was gonna hold on to them shits forever? Okay, so you got 100% more title defenses than you've ever had in your entire career with the belts. So be grateful. It's a start, boo boo. You got the belts, you got a defense. Progress, boo, progress. You're not going to keep them shits all year, and they gave it to an actual tag team to build other teams. Oh my god, WWE makes another bad choice. Are we really fucking shocked? I mean, I I agreed with the whole uh, put the titles on the Iconics. Me too, I picked I, them. I like, I like the Iconics as characters, and I, I agree they are one of the few real tag teams in the women's tag team division. But I can understand Sasha Banks being frustrated, but I have zero sympathy for her. She re-signed with WWE just like a couple of years ago. I think it was like 2017, 2016. <laughs> you were not being treated right back then. So yeah. the, the, the fact that you're frustrated now after you... You got you complained and you got you got Charlotte's uh, match at the Royal Rumble because Charlotte was supposed to verse Ronda at the Royal Rumble, not Sasha versus Ronda. You got that match because you complained now. But this is a twofold type of thing to me because of the president that uh, WWE has started since AEW was announced at the beginning of the year. You had Revival complain. Mm-hmm. They became Raw Tag Team Champions. Right. You had the Usos complain. They became SmackDown Tag Keep Team on. Champions. There's more. Uh, there was a rumor that Finn Balor was frustrated. He became Intercontinental Champion twice. 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 Keep going. Sasha got her match with, with Ronda. Um, who, who else has... Andrade, he got his matches with Rey Mysterio on uh, SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Um, there was complaint from the fans that they weren't uh, pushing NXT. We got four NXT call-ups all at once. <laughs> like, it's just like... Literally, every complaint that the fans and wrestlers have made, the WWE has responded to and have had a direct reaction to. And they should not be surprised that Sasha Banks is now complaining again because you've already succumbed to her complaints before and gave her a match with with Ronda at the Royal Rumble. This is just her complaining, so she gets another push. She wants to be in. She wants to be in that in that main event circle with Becky, with Ronda, with Charlotte, and Sasha Banks has the talent to accomplish that. But WWE never seems to be fully behind her for that. Yo, dude, one bit of advice, McKenzie, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Like, shut up. Like that shit made me cringe and literally made me hope that Sasha never gets a fucking push again. Shut up. Well, damn. Let's hear from the spotlight and the true heels. All right. Uh, the Stat King says, McKay's post was not iconic. <laughs> and Simon Monk has a question. Guys, looking further afield, 
How do you feel it will affect the horsewomen versus horsewomen feud if these Sasha rumors are true? I don't see the horsewomen or horse horsewomen feud happening until the summer. Um, it would greatly affect it, that's for sure, because so they're not going to replace anyone in that WWE for horsemen circle, and it's not anyone that is a quick, like, fix to replace Sasha, so it definitely would affect it. But Sasha's not going anywhere, Simon. Like, she signed through 2021. You could complain, you could take time off, you can bitch and moan in the locker room, in the hotel, in the supermarket, on TMZ. It doesn't matter. You are signed through 2021. Revival can go up there and take pictures right. with as many AEW fans and AEW shirts as they want. They are signed through 2020. WWE is not releasing or granting anyone a release with AEW looming. It's just not happening. And uh, Simon also says, sounds to him like a superstar husband trying to work the fans. Yeah, yeah, he. Uh, I would say, I would say, yeah, I would, I would agree with Simon. It does have a little bit of the work to it because he's saying this a couple of days after. If this tweet came out when Sasha was putting out the cryptic tweets, I would believe it more. But yeah, I do think he is trying to do a work. Shut the fuck up, McKenzie. Like, what the fuck? I, I, yo, I'm, yo, dude. There's some things that yo, I don't mind getting worked over, but that was just straight bitching. Like that was just straight. Literally having a couple drinks and literally getting a little too drunk and you're just getting so emotional and want to hold on to your post and literally start off with maybe a quick cryptic sentence and just, I'm going to just drop my whole bag on this bitch. No, <laughs> no, no, that is not interesting whatsoever. Like it just caught me and I just like, yo, I had, I had to, but I mean, I think the feud for horsewomen versus horsewomen just needs more time to build. Because honestly, without Google, without Google, can y'all honestly name the other two women in the horsewomen? Marina Shafir and Jessamine Duke. <laughs> I'm talking to the people. Apostles. Jesus. Apostles to our Lord and Savior. Fuck. <laughs> when's, the last time, when's the last time they won a match? I don't think they've ever won them. Right! <laughs> <laughs> On TV, at least. Right! So that shit needs, at, honestly, that shit needs like another year of build. Yeah. Like, they, the other two women for the, for, the, for the MMA side, just they're too raw and green. It would be so uninteresting. Well, I mean, that kind of plays into the fact that uh, the rumor now coming out, because uh, my Uncle Dave has predicted the WrestleMania main event or the semblance of the WrestleMania event consecutive years. I think it's like six or seven years in a row. He says that the rumor coming out of WrestleMania 35 is that the projected main event for WrestleMania 36 <laughs> is finally the match that fans wanted as a main event at WrestleMania 35. Our Lord and Savior Ronda Rousey versus the man Becky Lynch one-on-one. So if that's if that's the end goal, then the horsewoman rivalry can start after WrestleMania next right, year. Exactly. You know, so, right, I mean, on. Ronda's exactly. Gonna be, Ronda's going to be gone until August or or maybe even later than that. So we got a lot of room to grow. Becky Lynch is busy with Lacey Evans right now. Lacey is no longer just making entrances; she's actually swinging on I, fools. So I give it I, up for Lacey. I, it's you know what? And I'm, I'm I'm not. You know what? Becky's tweets have been kind of kind of kind of whack lately, but I love that new one that she did. 
they put out the new Charlotte tweet. <laughs> that shit was actually so dead on accurate. I mean, it's everybody's like, so been new Charlotte that. is my new target. Everybody's like, been saying I know, that. But it just it's you know it. I like I just like that actually she spit out what the fans have been saying. It was just new. Just like, wow, like how how did this just happen? I mean, that's what Becky Lynch says. I know, but how did it, it just happen? Like, late, I, out of everyone? That, that was, I honestly, I honestly, when that, when I heard that happen, because I didn't really watch Raw and SmackDown live, but when I heard that that happened, I was not surprised because I was like, well, that's the whole reason why they didn't do Lacey and Asuka. They didn't want, Lacey looked bad. She looked really so, bad at the Raw Rumble, but Lacey has a look. Has a story, has and a whole image, and a character that they can build on. So they let her, they reminded the fans she still exists right. by having her do those entrances I got it. up until WrestleMania. And now she's in a big role. She's in, against and Becky Lynch. And I, this will show, this will tell the world if Becky Lynch is as special as everybody says that she but is. But what, sh- what should have happened is that a Becky Lynch should have had multiple targets. She should have been on Raw, had the target from from Lacey, and then the next night on SmackDown, somebody else ambushed her. She's carrying two straps. You can't have a beef on both shows with the same chick. Yeah, it is. It is. A, like it is the same. Is so a, one she should have had multiple targets. No, like you're, because you're the, brand, adult, like, the brand extension is pretty much dead. If you watch, if you watch Raw and SmackDown this week, you would say the brand extension is dead. I mean, shit, the way everybody fucking appeared on everybody else's show. Now, I mean, literally, they, they tell us, "Oh, we're gonna have a super show shakeup." Braun Strowman, they get a shakeup happen last no! week. Like the literally, happened already. Like literally, we already got the whole prediction of what's to come. Literally, they we already us got the prediction. There's a shakeup, and then we Kobe Kingston the comes prediction. out on Raw. You have fucking Lars and Lacey coming out from both Raw and SmackDown. Oh, I'm gonna you, hit something on that later. Oh my god! Like, and then and then Braun Strowman and Drew McIntyre on SmackDown. I I was just like, yo, what the hell are we doing the shakeup next week for? This already started. It's already down. It's already going down. We get, we already got a big preview of what the fucking shakeup is gonna be already. So before we get into our next top news story, let's hear from the spotlight and the True Hills. Oh, uh, Chrissy just wants to add that your T-shirt is trash. Drink it in, drink it in, Chrissy. Damn. You know you love it. Damn. You know you love it. Lai Nikita says, fuck Ronnie. <laughs> I love the passion. Give me those tears. <laughs> she also says that Lacey is in a better position than EC3. This is true. I, I'll, I'll give you, I, I, I collected your tears, but I'm going to give them back to you because you deserve a lot of credit because Lacey Evans is definitely in a much better position than EC3. I mean, I think everybody's in a better position than EC3. Like, I think the whole fucking company is in a better position than EC3. Simon Monk says that Lacey's just a Debbie from Glow ripoff. Far from convinced. I just, I I said this before, and I'll say it again, and maybe I'm I'm expressing too much about what I do off the camera, but Lacey Evans reminds me of every white woman I've ever seen play a slave owner's wife in one of those interracial porns. (laughs) I do declare. <laughs> Yo, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I hate when the man has a point, but <laughs> the man has a point, but you know? Yo, I'm so completely not sold or lazy at all. I never saw. Like, at, I don't love Dog like a lady. Like, like, dude, like, oh my God, love yo. It. No. You don't love Lacey? No. 
You're not gonna force somebody down my throat and then be like, oh, do I love her? Fuck out of here, no. The bitch came down to fucking, excuse my French, she came down the fucking ring for two months in a row to the same music, walked down the aisle and walked back and then grabs the fucking, the, the banner or the wall or the LED board and I'm supposed to like that shit? And then she comes out the raw after WrestleMania, throws one punch and I'm supposed to feel, oh my God, hey, this is what this was all she for? Was she was what the, the muscles, fuck ever? Muscles like, whatever. And it's great character. It's great. Whatever. It's, it's great, like, parallel character. You got, you got the man versus act like a lady. It just works. That's, <sighs> whatever. That's perfect characters. Got it. One more sure. thing from the spotlight and the true heels before we get into the next topic. Chris Stover says, first time watching you guys and this is fantastic. Thank you. Sir, I hope you subscribe to the YouTube channel, my brother. We got a lot more up on there, so check that out. Let's talk about Roll Dog Jesse Dames. Oh, oh you didn't know? He stepped down as head writer of SmackDown Live this week at the SmackDown taping. Road Dog Brian James has been SmackDown head writer for about two and a half years. I've been complaining about Road Dog Brian James as SmackDown head writer for about the same amount of time since True Hill Heat started because. Fire Road Yo, Dog. If one person on this podcast literally says that Road Dog did not deserve to step down or get out of this role, stop watching right now. Because everybody and they fucking mama, everybody and they fucking mother was bitching about Road Dog for the past 30 fucking episodes. I swear, the same motherfucking energy. Y'all better keep that shit and stop at Yo, no questions about Road Dog. Y'all motherfuckers better all be happy this shit happened. Moving on. Guys, if you disagree with him, it's fine. You can still keep the same fucking energy. <laughs> Fuck out of here. So it was reported that uh, Road Dog was not fired. Nah, nah, keep watching though. He was. Keep, keep watching, keep watching. <laughs> nah, I ain't mean that shit, but I just need, a, I just need to vent. Like, because everybody's been bitching about it, and then when it finally really happens, people want to start questioning and start asking some dumb questions. Yeah, yeah, that's what happens. But uh, it's been reported that he's not fired from the WWE, that he's going to be taking on a new role, possibly the role that Arn Anderson stepped down from uh, when he left WWE this past February. So my biggest question about Road Dogg as SmackDown head writer is what will his legacy be as SmackDown head writer? He, this is the man that was head writer while we had the amazing storyline between Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton that resulted in insects Arch being in the ring right. in WrestleMania 33. So, so to take a word, to take a nice little quote from, 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 from Chrissy Love, sensational, Basura! <laughs> straight Basura! Garbage! Trash! Straight dump this when I'm done with it in the trash can, not the recycle because I'm fickle. This is going in the trash as well as his two and a half year run. The man had one of the best wrestling fucking rosters of all time. And we only spent months and weeks bitching about it. Thank you for making Shinsuke Nakamura a jobber. Thank you for killing Rusev Day. Thank you for literally just jumping Rey Mysterio into a main event picture for no fucking reason. Thanks for constantly keeping Randy Orton in the main event scene. Thank you for randomly just here. Let's just take the belt off AJ Styles because he might be going out of his contract. No, let's no, just, AJ let's just, let's AJ just keep, you know, let's, let's, thank you, Roll Dog. So we're not going to name the number one offense. 
I know, I know you were. I'm you, saving that for you. No, I know you enjoyed that class. I'm saving it for you. The number one offense from Road Dog. You're not Don't that. hit the gym to you. Bastards! That this was the best call he made! This man was trying to shake things up! <laughs> this man was the modern day Maharaja! For the modern day Mahajabber <laughs> being WWE champion for six fucking months! The only good thing that happened during Road Dog's run as head writer of SmackDown was the Usos and New Day had good tag team matches. Literally something that he could not control. That was wrestlers that, yeah, the wrestlers that was, did that. That was a wrestler. The wrestlers Literally something did that. that he could not the control that. was the only good thing that happened in his nah. entire run Truth, at SmackDown Truth, right. Truthfully, his number one offense to me, not the gen- it, it was literally destroying the career of Shinsuke Nakamura. No, it's it's like it's Shinsuke Nakamura is a jobber, bro. It's, it's gender then Shinsuke. Oh, he's not responsible. No, that's definitely his. He's not responsible for Samoa Joe's promos. No, Samoa Joe also is is responsible no. for majority oh, of his promos as well. Oh fuck. So so find anything in the cookie jar of Road Dogs running. Let me know. Man, Ryan Ward should have never been taken out of head writer of SmackDown. Let's hear from the spotlight and the True Hills. Drew Hill Maurice says Road Dog is gone. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Don't you dare be sour. Clap for your world famous Road Dog getting kicked out of the SmackDown writing team and feel the power. Road Dog's gonna be with his baby tonight. Uh, <laughs> next, next question. Steve Salvage <laughs> says his legacy should be AJ's title run and the new Daniel Bryan. AJ's title run that. Was wait, treated like wait, a mid card title. Wait, wait, let me let me answer get this. That, Steve, handle AJ's that. title run handle that was that. treated like a mid card act. Handle that. And Daniel, the new Daniel Bryan, that one hundred percent of his promos are by Daniel Bryan. Yeah. That has nothing to do with Road Dog. I need you to name something that Road Dog. You could say, you could point at it, and you could be like, "This is a storyline where one, I can't say the person is responsible for the promo and the work that goes into it more than Road Dog." You. There is a bunch of writers out there that have come out with good ideas. Jimmy Jacobs came out with the list of Jericho. Like, that's something that we can point at and we can be like, Jimmy, you did good. Name one thing that Road Dog, and that's not AJ Styles' title run that was treated like a mid-card act because that was a dud. And it's not the new Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan writes all his promo. Ooh, ooh, I got one. I got one. I think that, I think, the Bludgeon Brothers. The Bludgeon Brothers. So my my next question to you would be, uh, but we'll get we'll get into that. But my next question to you would be, enter the spotlight and the true heels. They can put, put the comments in. Who do you think is going to be the new writer, the new head writer for SmackDown? Ah man, I personally, I personally wanted to be Bruce Prichard. I personally wanted to be Bruce Prichard. Do 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 do. I mean, I, I wanted I want him to get a chance at it because. I think he's going to kind of try to chameleonize his writing to what he thinks that Fox is going to want. I think he's going to, he, he's a, he, he, you know, dude, he's a buffer. Like he, he's going to try to do what he thinks they want. I don't think he has much like say he's going to bring this originality to the table. So I think he's going to just try to do what they want. And in doing that, he might end up trying to listen to the fans. So I, I think that he's going to try and do that. I, I, I think that, 
that's what he would end up trying to do. I'm not sure he's going to get the role, but I think that he would try to make himself a chameleon and not look like being somebody responsible for what's going on, but just somebody that is running a pretty damn good show on Fox. Let's hear from the spotlight and the true heels again. Steve uh, would like to retort. He didn't say it was a good legacy. He just took the credit. <laughs> That's better. That's better, Steve. I can understand. I can totally see Road Dog taking credit for those things. But we 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 are here to be real with each other, Steve. Let's be real. We know that wasn't the Road Dog. Um. So my final question about the Road Dog is. In his new role, do you see him having somewhat of an influence? Because Arn Anderson, who had a role previously to him, if he is taking on the same role as Arn Anderson, was known as John Cena's main uh, agent. He was the man that was responsible for booking a lot of John Cena's matches as well as his storylines. So, who do you do you see like Road Dogg becoming that to like the top stars of today? No. No! We just ran through a three-year resume! A three-year resume! No! He's, yo, Arn Anderson struck. Yo, so first, Arn Anderson is one of the smartest men in the wrestling business. He's one of the smartest men in the wrestling business. And so you're going to tell me this dumbass road dog is going to stumble upon the next John Cena or the next Brock Lesnar or the next fucking... E yo, I don't even think he could stumble upon the next Hurricane. Well, I don't even think, yo, I don't think he has the capability of creating anything special. He was literally trying, oh, trying, <laughs> trying to get a reaction. So his, his kids can't be special? <laughs> Listen, that is his kids. <laughs> that comes from his semen, not from his hand he from writing. He created it. That was his semen, not his hand. I mean, his hand probably created, you know, the moment and everything, but, you know, I'm just saying, like, yo, no, I don't see nothing happening from the Road Dog's new role. I just hope he, he, he makes money, he, he gets a paycheck, he gets to feed his family, but just fade into wrestling obscurity. No one needs anything to do with you or the history of your writing, your booking, anything of your influence. Make an appearance here or there at the Hall of Fame ceremony. Oh, you didn't. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. D Generation X proudly brings to you. It's the three and a half Smackdown writer. Fuck up of the world. <laughs> no. Well, there you go. At all. Bye-bye. So, so mean to the road dog. The poor, poor doggy. Uh, we're going to get into our next top news topic. Let's hear from the spotlight in the True Hills. Do I have anything? All right. So post your comments. Let us know who you think is going to be the newest writer, uh, the newest head writer for SmackDown Live. Uh, next up. Yo, why did y'all bring up the road dog to me, yo? Because we knew we would get a fun reaction from you. Next up, we're going to touch on... And if you're not down with that, I got two words for you. Suck it. That was the best thing they've ever done. I think that was Billy. I know. Uh, next up, I know. We're gonna touch he was a part of that, though. We're going to touch on a big story that came out on Saturday evening. We were in Madison Square Garden for the G1 Supercard during the Mayu Intitani and the uh, Kelly Klein match. And everyone had their 
their head in their phone because of what happened at the Barclays Center at the WWE Hall of Fame. Yes, we're going to be talking about Bret the Hitman Hart and his, in, his induction ceremony speech for the Hall of Fame. At the And he was bum-rushed, tackled by a fan who jumped the rail, got through security, got into the ring, and tackled uh, Bret Hart. He was taken down by a number of WWE superstars as well as security. He was beaten down to a pulp by Harry Smith, the nephew of Bret the Hitman Hart, as well as when he was being taken away by the authority and the security, Dash Wilder got in a little, Say yeah! little top guy sucker punch in there as well. So it's it caused a lot of a, like a scare, a lot of uh, prayers and other support for Bret Hart for sure. So what was your initial reaction to uh, finding out about this while you were at Madison Square Garden at the G1 Supercard? First, I didn't think it was real. I mean, it was just kind of one of those things that you maybe thought that you were just kind of like getting like a rub. Congratulations to the Road Dog getting into the Hall of Fame. You know, shout out to the Road Dog getting into the Hall of Fame. He is definitely a Hall of Famer now. But as far as Bret, yo, so I didn't want it to, I didn't want to believe it because I know what Bret Hart has been through physically. So I know the fact that the man has been through so much in his life. So I didn't, I was hoping that it wasn't real because I didn't want him to get injured or something to happen to him. That's goddamn it. That's my favorite goddamn wrestler of all time. Like I had the pleasure of meeting him last year and it was like literally one of the greatest moments of my life. So to see some scumbag and some piece of shit, some asshole literally run up on him and then to find out and look at it maybe 20 minutes later that the shit was real. I was like, what the fuck? I hope he got killed. Like, I literally hope that he didn't even make it to prison. I hope that one of these wrestlers literally powerbombed him on his fucking neck. He didn't make it out of the fucking hospital. He didn't make it out of the arena. He didn't make it to a hospital because I wish he was fucking dead. You don't do that to a fucking wrestling legend at a show that you attend to enjoy for the, for the pleasure of our audience, for him getting inducted, for him talking about Jim the Anvil Nightheart, God rest his soul, and you, you piece of shit, I swear to God, I hope you burn in fucking hell, and I hope those punches broke your nose, I hope your vocal cords got destroyed, I hope your fucking nose is broken to a point that you can never sniff another fucking pizza or a piece of chicken again, I hope you fucking die in the hospital. That's how I felt about it, because I literally stopped watching a match that was a fucking fantastic match. I forgot which match it was because I was so heated at the time just to show like, yo, somebody really attacked Bret Hart for no reason. Somebody from from behind grabbed Bret Hart and I marked out when I saw Dash Wilder's video because I didn't see I didn't see um, British Bulldog Sons video. I didn't see that video, so I didn't see what happened. The only video I saw was Dash Wilder's, and I saw when he punched him. I swear to God, I literally got up in my chair and I fucking clapped. I was like, "This is fucking amazing." I hope his whole face is broken. Well, my initial reaction was uh, I couldn't really believe it. Like I was getting messages from. Uh, my friends who are watching uh, the Hall of Fame, as well as from you know the great the great followers and top fans of the Spotlight Nation, who were messaging us while we were at the Madison Square Garden and everything was going down. Uh, I know on TV, all they saw was the tackle, and then it became a, like a whole black screen. You had to go online and see like the fan videos to really see what what happened and what did down. It was definitely a scary like situation, and my biggest question was how the hell did he get that far 
how the hell did he get there? And we never had this issue when the Hall of Fame speeches were on the stage. Uh, they did a whole new setup. They had the speeches with a podium in the ring. I understood it was easier for them to transition uh, the building from TakeOver to that. And then from that to uh, Raw and SmackDown later in the week. But honestly... But that was better for the fans too. For them to get the wrestlers in the ring. It was a better view for the actual circle. I don't, I don't need that. I, I'd rather than if be you, on you're the stage. Attending the if, whole, that, if, that's safe, if that's safer and it, we don't have who, anything who like that happen. Who fucking right mind would have thought that this dumb shit would have happened? Well, it made it easier for it to happen. How the hell did you get that far? Look, he wouldn't they, have got that far I, if it was on the it's stage. It's one of those things that you don't anticipate it happening until it happens. But he wouldn't have got that far if it was on the stage. No, and I, and I totally agree with you. But the fact that, yo, I hope, I swear, I hope he burns in hell. I hope that he fucking wakes up and his dick never works again. I hope that he fucking wakes up and he has all sorts of diseases. I hope he literally is dead in the next 60 days. Okay. I no I yo I don't wish nothing good on this person. When if his name comes out, I will blast his name. But I ain't see his name yet, so I'd have called him out by his fucking name. But you're a piece of shit and you don't deserve to live. Like why the fuck would you do that to somebody that is in their sixties and that's fucking recovered from a stroke from God knows how long ago that is not healthy, that is a legend and a fucking icon to so many people. This man had a lot of issues. Hope he fucking died. I'm not gonna make excuses for him, but fuck him. Definitely, he made an unwise decision. Let's hear from the spotlight and the true hills. Lay Nikita says, "Answer to why for the attack? Cocaine is a hell of a drug." Uh, she's she's been nailing it with the with the comments. Good job there. And she also said that there's been rumors about uh, closing the Hall of Fame to the public. Um, I don't. I wouldn't want that because Hall of Fame is a celebration for us fans of uh, celebrating a superstar, and we gotta wait like at least another twenty more years before we get the opportunity to celebrate Owen Hart. So, I don't want it to be closed off from the fans. Um, consensus is that wrestlers should stomp that motherfucker out. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And uh, just to double back from before, um, well, actually before that, Stat King says protecting Bret Hart. Couldn't even help Dash retain the tag title. Word. I literally changed my WrestleMania pick for that. I literally changed my WrestleMania pick for that. <laughs> and uh, doubling back to before, uh, Maurice uh, added a little late. Who do you think is worse, Roman Man. or Delirious? I need Ooh. to. I need to refill my drink. That's on that. a good question. I need to refill my drink on that comment. Who's that who's the worst Booker, Road Dog or Delirious? I'm gonna go with Delirious. Ooh. I'm going to go with Delirious because we've only had a three-year run of horrible road dog booking. We are going on a near eight-year run of horrible Delirious booking. So You can go in on that. I'm going to refill. I'm, that shit got me mad. And what the fuck is his name? <clears throat> did, did a name come out for this faggot? What, the guy that attacked yeah. his heart? Did a name come out for him? We can we, we'll probably find it. We can, fi- we can probably find Twitter it. Twitter came now, out. I got a little thing here. Zachary Matson, I hope you fucking die. One more? Okay, okay, Zachary. Yeah, one more. Simon <laughs> Monk uh, adds, the only good thing to come out of this is that it took attention away from the Enzo and Cass bullshit. Oh, my God. If you haven't heard our thoughts on uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling and ROH G1 Supercard, take a look at our YouTube channel. We just posted it up today. We have part one of our very special WrestleMania 35 uh, live at the Bullet Club Block Party True Hill Heat. Uh, we... 
go through the entire. I didn't need, I didn't need that for my rants. The, the entire card for the G1 Supercard, including that segment with Enzo and Kaz. Yeah, but yeah, you are right. It did kind of distract from that. So uh, we'll talk next about all the injuries coming out of WrestleMania 35 week. Wow. Yes, a lot let's, of injuries. Let's, let's, let's a lot go of, back to 2016, huh? A lot of injuries and a lot of people taking time off. We have from New Japan Pro Wrestling, unfortunately, the ace, Hiroshi Tadahashi, will be out of action with knee, with a knee injury. So he's going to be completely off the next tour, which is the uh, Wrestling Dodoku show, which includes uh, Sengolo Lord, which is going to be made evented by Koto Ibushi versus Zack Sabre Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wrestling Dodoku, the main show, is going to be main evented by Okada defending the IWGP World Heavyweight title that he won at G1 Supercard for the first time against the man he versed in the finals of the New Japan Cup, Sonata. So that's going to be a really great one. So a couple of big matches on the tour, but Hiroshi Tadahashi will not be a part of it, as well as uh, Hiroshi Tensai will not be there as well. For the WWE, Daniel Bryan is rumored to be injured and rumored to be out for a couple of weeks. Uh, we have Big E has a torn meniscus that was actually confirmed by the WWE, so he's going to be out of action. Uh, and our Lord and Savior, Ronda Rousey. Just don't get up and turn around again. The main reason why women main evented WrestleMania. Thank you, Ronda. Thank you, Ronda. Thank you, Ronda. God bless you, Ronda. I don't give a fuck what anyone says. She Ronda's has, the reason that main event happened. Exactly. And she love her or hate her, she's the reason it happened. She has a broken hand following the main event of WrestleMania. And that doesn't even talk about Charlotte Flair being on vacation. Just announced today, Nia Jax has a knee injury. She's going to be out of action. Of course, we just talked about the Sasha Banks uh, controversy, but she's going to be taking time off because of that. So, injuries, taking time off. Uh, this is what seems to happen after every WrestleMania. Usually we have a lot more returns, but this seems to be what's going on. So first of all, with New Japan Pro Wrestling, how do you see them? Uh, how do you see these next tour, these next big shows happening uh, without the ace Hiroshi Tadahashi being on the card? I think that um, you know it's actually not good for him, but I hope obviously I think he's gonna have a pretty quick recovery. He's probably gonna be out for a few weeks, but this is actually a good time for him to you know get his. To get his feet up, to get his feet back under him, he hits a little bit older. This will give him a good amount, a good amount of time to heal to, you know, to be able to participate in the G one. True. So I, I think this is a good time. This is kind of a dead time right now. So as you know, let these guys heal. So if they have these little nicks and injuries, let them heal. Like all of these injuries that you name, none of them are long term injuries. So a lot of these guys are just banged up. They went through a rigorous three to four months because of the season that we're in. You had New Japan going through their Cup Series. You had WrestleMania season for the WWE. So everybody's just pretty much banged up. And then you got this next pay-per-view that no one gives a flying fuck about. Who? That's coming up. For who? For WWE. Do we even know what the next WWE pay-per-view is? It is WWE Sweet Saturday Money 3 with no name yet. And that's going to be main evented <laughs> by The Undertaker versus Elias. Reason hence being, 
why all of these wrestlers can take these times. You know what this is like? This is like if anybody watches football. This is like when the football players go in the injury report. When they got like a little tweak in their knee. When they got a little tweak in their ankle. When they got a little hangnail. They got these little injuries that they just going to take this game off. This is literally the WWE's preseason. Because this is the new season. This is the new season. The Raw after WrestleMania started the new season. This is the preseason right now. No one gives a fuck about this point in time in the WWE. The only time people's going to start really caring about is when WWE runs around for their money in the bank pay-per-view. That's when people's going to start up. caring that's again. That's Saudi money. Which is the following month. Though. No, it's in May. It's in May. It's the, the day following after, month. Stay after my birthday. Happy, nice birthday present yeah, for you. But that gives, that, that gives the athletes about four weeks. Biggie is probably going to be the only one that actually misses the pay-per-view. Because if he, ha- if he has the meniscus injury, which is usually a six to eight week injury, so he'll be back in the summer. Which is, it, it's, a, it's a pretty big deal, the fact that obviously the biggest story that happened from WWE just took place. But he'll be back well into SummerSlam season. He'll, well, he'll be back well before all of these things really kick into high gear again for WWE. So I don't think that this is going to be such a big detriment. These injuries, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I think this is a good time for, for pretty much everybody to just take a break, chill, and just whatever the fuck happens over these next couple of weeks or whatever, it's just good time for everybody to just, you know, get, get their lives together before we get heavy back into this shit. See, my problem with uh, WWE is that ROH, New Japan, Impact, Progress, even probably AEW. When I hear someone's injured, I just believe that yeah, they're injured because they don't they don't try to work me. Like the 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 Daniel Bryan, and we don't know what he's injured. He just rumored to be injured. I feel like it's just to work because they don't want him to be. He's not going to be on the Saudi Arabia. Oh, you show. know he ain't going. He's not going to the Saudi Arabia. You know he ain't show. going to that. So shit. this is his way of getting a month off. To, to rehabilitate, you know, take a break after his long run as WWE champion, a successful long run as WWE champion, and he can, t- can we say that that was probably the best WWE title run in at least the last half a decade? The best WWE title run definitely since AJ's first run with the title in 2016, and I this would say awesome. I would say it was even better than that. It's yeah. probably the best WWE title run since Brock in 2015. Almost a half a decade. Two, 2014, 2015. Like, this was, uh, this was actually pretty fun. Or Seth in 2015. This was pretty fun. Yeah. This created the best storylines in the WWE over the past year. This was this was a fun ride. It was this a was fun, fun ride. Some great promos. And I hope this character does not die for sure. But I don't believe I don't believe Brian's injured. And I also don't believe our Lord and Savior has a broken hand. I just feel like this is WWE's way of writing her off. They, they have to have an injury to explain her being off off for a number of months and being gone at least until the summer. So this is their way of doing that. I don't believe the Rousey injury. I don't believe the uh, Brian injury. Uh, Nia Jax and Big E are a little bit different because they actually went into detail with those two injuries. If if she doesn't have a broken hand, she definitely got a broken face. Charlotte Flair, Rick James, that bitch. Rick James, bitch. Our Lord and Savior. Rick James, though. Our Lord and Savior. She hit it with the Rick James. Our Lord and Savior (laughs) didn't even feel that. That shit was... She said, you slap, I slap like a bitch. Hit her with the Rick James, like mad hard. And tables are for bitches. That, that, that was, that, 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 I, I, I love that. She ate that, that. that. She ate that, that shit. I love that. So let's hear from the spotlight and the true hills about all the injuries coming off of WrestleMania week or anything else that we mentioned. Uh, Simon Monk actually concurred. He mentioned earlier that he doesn't believe Brian's injuries either. It's all a work to explain him 
Missing the Saudi show. Thank you, Simon. Okay. Um, Nikita with the Ronda hate. The Again? Yeah! She's consistent. Uh, the match should have been Ronda and Becky. We did not need Charlotte. Well, that's not um, really Ronda hate. Ronda should have went to NXT just like all these other UFC fighters. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. I tried to explain this the other day. Wait, wait, what was that? What was that? That yeah. Ronda should have went to, 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 to NXT like all the other UFC fighters. That is but, the most asinine statement yeah, I've ever heard yeah. in the history of True Hill I'm Heat. sorry, Ken Shamrock? Went, like, he, in the history he, he of True Hill Heat. Developmental. Like, Dan Severin went to developmental. I, I pretty much only know of one... One UFC fighter, because if you know correctly, if you know the UFC, Jessamine Duke and Marina Shafir never competed in the UFC. So there's only been one UFC fighter. Ronda. No, two actually. Shayna Baszler and Matt Riddle. That's the only two Ron- MMA uh, UFC fighters that's been in. Rousey should have started in NXT. So the biggest mainstream star that WWE has gotten, that they're paying $5 million for a three-year deal, is supposed to go and work the coconut loop with a bunch of motherfuckers pay- getting paid $20,000 a year that makes sense to you this is why you are a fan and they are the wwe they make the decisions. Yo, that is i'm a, i get emotional about those too and i'm and i say things that are outrageous and don't make sense because i'm a dude. fan and they are the ones in charge i understand these things dude no that's like that's like saying that the wrestling industry just signed like the serena williams of the sport and saying let's just put her in developmental that woman revolutionized women's athletics. Not women's sport. Women's athletics. She is mega star. Women's revolution written all over her. Winning matches in 14 seconds. Went three years in the UFC undefeated. But you're going to start her in, in the G League? That doesn't make any sense. In the G League? And especially, especially the fact that we're saying this after Ronda did a full year. And potentially, she there's no guarantees that she's coming back. So you're telling me WWE was supposed to not make any money for a full year and put her in NXT. NXT, that doesn't make the WWE any money if you realize that. I don't know if you guys realize that. So we say a lot of good things about NXT. But I will tell y'all the financial of it. NXT is a loss for WWE, regularly. Regularly, they run house shows for NXT, and it doesn't make as much money as they put into NXT. NXT is a negative right now. It's in the red, and you want them to put their biggest mainstream star in NXT. We, we got to so move mean, on, it, Okay, man. if there's like, any... Bro, I, <laughs> all right, there needs to be, like, a real, like, intelligent comeback to this. Because this is just pure hate. That doesn't make any sense. On a business standpoint, you're telling me I'm going to bring in somebody that changed the game for women's sports and start her in the lowest totem pole for my company. That doesn't make any money. How in God's name does that make sense? Love her, hate her. How in God's name does that make sense? Yeah. Um, Floor Jaws. She said her promos suck ass. Yeah, that's emotion. Okay. All right. All right, moving All right. on. Moving on. Um, so, 
Our final bit of uh, top news before we get into what we've missed is Uncle Dave, my Uncle Dave Meltzer, he rated his highest rated WWE match of all time at TakeOver New York. We talked about TakeOver New York on part two of our WrestleMania 35 special edition of True Hill Heat that's going to be up on our YouTube channel tonight. We broke down the entire card for TakeOver New York, and my God, I said it before to Damn. a couple of people, I'm going to say it here on True Damn. Heat 31, the greatest TakeOver to take place in the Barclays Center, the best TakeOver in history, and quite possibly the best WWE event I have ever seen live, and probably the best WWE event ever, period. I said I told the guys before the show went live, WrestleMania 17, SummerSlam 2002, take over New York. That's how I feel. That is the top 3 WWE events off the top of my head. Takeover New York was amazing and it was main evented by the highest rated Uncle Dave match in history, Adam Cole versus WWE. Of WWE, yes, of WWE, five and a half <clears throat> stars he rated it. Adam Cole versus Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship. Two out of three falls. It was amazing. The work rate. These guys went at a pace that was unlike anything throughout the night. Unlike anything that you see in WWE. There was moves. Uh, some moves that you don't really see in WWE. It was the best way I could describe this is it was a PWG match on the main stage. It was the PWE's. PWG style with the high risk moves, the spots, the storytelling, the just everything you would want at a great PWG match was in this match and it made for an amazing event, amazing moment when Johnny Gargano finally won the NXT championship. What was your thoughts on that match being there live? Wow. Wow. So <clears throat> coming from having a really busy week and coming from being physically exhausted, I swear to God, that match literally made me feel like I did nothing all week. Like, when I mean I did not, that I, once that third fall began, because we're going to, let's put it, let's cut it, cut it dry. Those first, the first fall was pretty dry. It was flat. The second fall, it started to pick up a little bit. But once they were on opposite ropes... And that bell rang for that third fall. It was like, yo, this shit is about to get real. This shit is about to get real. And god damn. I have never been in the Barclays Center where the crowd was that hyped since or prior to the Sasha Bailey match that took place in Brooklyn TakeOver 1. Mm-hmm. That was the loudest or the most excited that that crowd has ever been in any match. And to say one moment where it was the hottest is ever the hottest I've ever been in Barclays Center, the hottest crowd I've ever been in. Period is when Adam Cole hits the two super kits, then the last shot to the back of the head after the interference of Undisputed Era. Dude. They're legit, legit. Seventy-five percent of the place thought it was over. Yeah, and when he kicks out. Oh my God! Like the only thing I could I could compare it to is WrestleMania 27 when Triple H hits the Tombstone on the Undertaker and the Undertaker kicks out and just the whole place goes mental. That's the only thing that's close to Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano when Johnny Gargano kicks out of the last shot. Yo, I have not been invested in a wrestling match that much since Okada and Omega. Like 
like the back and forth in that match where you had at least four moments where that match was supposed to be over. It was supposed to be done. And the way they had, they literally had five finishes. And it was just a thing of fucking beauty. And the arena, there was literally no one sitting down. No. There was no one sitting down. Not for those last five minutes. For like, sure. holy shit. That was in, oh my God. Like, I, I'm biased. I, I could be biased for that one. That was literally my favorite match of the entire weekend. That was my of match the of the year. Entire weekend. That passed Okada. I mean, Omega and Tanahashi for me for match like, of the year. So wow, far. wow. I have not like being emotionally invested in matches, but that match, like I picked Adam Cole on Takeover on on the Takeover pre the the, the predictions. I picked them. I played his music. I was sold. I was bought. I'm good. I'm so good with being wrong. I am so good with being wrong on that pick. Because it was that good. It was that fucking good. If you weren't there, our energy shared enough for all of us. Absolutely. It was a thing of wrestling beauty. And goddamn, if you have not seen that match, go out your way to see it. Need to, whether it's your lunch break. Whether it's your train ride home, whether you're... Okay, don't don't drive home and watch this because I swear to God, you'll die. Don't hurt somebody. You'll die. No, you'll die because you'll stop and you'll stop looking at the road and you'll see, watch the match. So don't watch this on any drive. Don't do that. Let's hear all. from the Spotlight and the True Heels what they thought of that match or anything else we talked about in top news before we move on. Steve Salvage says Gargano Cole deserved it. Five and a half stars, baby. Absolutely, absolutely very deserving of it and like i said my match of the year so far this year absolutely absolutely uh, simon monk says you've got to add the canadian stampede to that list oh as uh, one of the greatest uh shows yeah i i agree canadian stampede as a kid i loved that show because i was a big heart foundation fan so the heart foundation versus austin shamrock uh, Goldust and LOD is one of my favorite five-on-five tags ever. So I agree with you, Simon. I'll, okay. I'll put I'll put Katie and Stampede in that in that top ten okay. WWE shows okay. ever. Line Nikita says Gargano having a title run from six to eight months probably. I could I could I could totally see that. Yeah, honestly. absolutely. He honestly deserves it, but I really feel like uh, the Adam Cole is going to be his biggest rivalry as champion. And Adam Cole needs to be the next guy who becomes NXT champion. And Simon Monk says again, personally, I thought War Raiders versus Black and Ricochet was a five-star tag team match and my favorite of the night. I love the main event, but thought it was 4.75. I, I, I had um, uh, Rico Black versus War Raiders at four and a quarter. I wouldn't, I wouldn't shame you if you had it at four and a half. I wouldn't say it's a five-star match. It needed to be a little bit longer or uh, just have more build-up to it because the build-up wasn't there between uh, Rico Black being a thrown-together team and uh, War Raiders really haven't been able to establish themselves as the team in the NXT tag division. That match didn't have the build-up and the anticipation that Cole and, and Gargano did on two weeks' build because I said it I said it to uh, a good friend of mine. He did a little investigated piece on wrestling. I said it was basically two stories coming all together. You had the four-year journey of Johnny Gargano and his whole story from his tryout being rejected from NXT to the Dusty Rotas Classic to the whole journey of DIY being betrayed by Tommaso 
Champa, his wars with Champa coming this close from becoming NXT champion on so many different occasions, being the best, the, the MVP of every single takeover to finally being here at his biggest match ever. And Adam Cole, who debuted in the Barclays Center, that has owned takeover since he debuted from the first ever war games where he won at takeover to the first ever ladder match of one year prior winning the first ever North American title at takeover. This, these two stories came together and made a classic match. And that's why I said that's a five-star match if I've ever saw one. I'm not like my drunk Uncle Dave. I'm not going to break the star system. That's a five-star match. But uh, Rico Black and War Rangers was definitely great. It was great. And on to, to the point of giving the, um, the, cha- the title match 4.75 is I kind of get it to a sense is that the first two falls were kind of lackluster. So I, I get why that happened, but is that that third fall was literally on par to being one of the greatest matches of all time. That, that third is fall that, was it, like Okada it, Omega. Like, yeah. it was literally, like, that match, that, if, it was, if it was literally that third fall, that would have been like a six and a half, seven star match. The other two falls has basically made it like three and a half to four. So basically what it did is that it met halfway. Yeah. It met halfway. Like, if, you, if you've seen it live... See, here's the thing is if you didn't see that live, you probably didn't have the same reaction as everyone that saw it live Mm -hmm. because you're watching something that was really pre-taped and now you're going back to the network and you're watching it. But if you were in the moment with everyone else that seen that match, it was wrestling at its pure finest and you can't. Like, there was this literally things that you cannot ask for more of in a match. That was it. Near falls. You can't um, ask for more. Body language, facial expressions. And just, those two guys just knew how to work that crowd. And the fact that the match starts off with... Adam Cole being the most popular guy ever to walk into Barclays Center, treated like a god by the fans to the point that even people like myself that wanted Gargano to win or thought Gargano should win were saying, well, fuck, Adam Cole's got to win. He's the god of this arena and just knowing how to use outside interference. I haven't seen outside interference used that well in quite some time and it didn't take away from the match. It added to the match and it confirmed that Adam Cole was the heel and that we all wanted Johnny Gargano to realize his dream and that one moment of the interference led the whole crowd to turn over and be like okay now we're back behind dude I haven't seen I haven't seen outside interference used that well since the attitude era yeah like kid you not like not even like I have not seen it that well since the stole cold booking like my god like you were so locked in knowing Adam Cole was gonna win. Yeah. You were so locked in knowing he was gonna win. And the fact that it was done so beautifully, damn, like there's it's nothing, there's nothing to talk about when it comes to this match when unless literally praising it from from that last 15 minutes on. Like there's nothing but praise for that. But we're going to get into the big show from this week, WrestleMania 35. Oh, God. Let's hear from the True Heels in the spotlight one more time before we do that. Uh, well, Simon also adds that he definitely <laughs> rated the, uh, the third fall six stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and lots of talk about Sasha again, actually. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear some let's comments. Let's go. Let's yeah. go. Yeah? Yeah, let's hear it for it. All right. Matthew Wagner says... The match that I would like to see on Raw is Sasha Banks versus Becky Lynch for the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship. Done deal. 
Sasha Banks is one of the hottest superstars in WWE history. I, I guess hottest by looks, not <laughs> like momentum. Okay. Sasha is bad, I'll tell you she that. Is. She Sasha is. is fine as hell. She is. She is fine as She's hell. She's definitely good looking. Whatever the hell, whatever else you're talking about. Is. Yeah, I don't know about hottest, like, uh, teach us on. But, uh, I, I can, like I said, I see Sasha Banks, um, I haven't heard no hate from Jason today. Like, well, maybe Jason's not watching live. He might watch it on the, I, under, I can almost demand. guarantee you that Jason's watching right now. Well, don't don't get him started. Don't get him started. He had he had to watch twenty seven minutes of his favorite wrestler against Batista. So uh, was that too much? Yeah, it was it was too much for me. That's, <gasps> that's for sure. Well, uh, speak of the devil, he actually did say sorry. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. He was watching. Sorry, JJ. I don't feel sorry for you if you picked Adam Cole. I just said I didn't feel sorry for myself. <laughs> So why would I expect anyone to come talk for me? Jason, I, I just want to tell you, I love your rivalry with JJ. <laughs> like, yo, dude, I literally just said I don't feel sorry for myself. Why the fuck? Why would I want you of all people to feel sorry for me? Happy birthday to you and Hunter. Like, like what the fuck? Like, come on, dude. Like, keep it, keep it up. Keep it coming. Oh, man. Like I told these Did guys. Did you spit water when Hunter won? Like, huh? Like I told, <gasps> like I told these guys before we went live, Sasha Banks has the character, has the look that she can make a lot of money outside of WWE. So she needs to shit or get off the pot, and when her contract expires, actually leave. All right, one more time from the spotlight in the true. Two more comments. Even Busto says, "I want a superstar to rip Sasha's weave off, and snatch her bald, <laughs> snatch her bald, like Naomi." <laughs> And Nikita adds, all this all this talk of Sasha, when are they going to push Ember Moon? Ember Moon is hurt. I, I give it up for uh, Ember. No, she actually came back during the uh, WrestleMania Women's Battle Royal. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, so Damn, I, don't, I missed that. Nikita, unfortunately, I don't think they're ever going to push uh, Ember Moon. And I'm going to say it because I am African-American myself. She's a little bit too dark-skinned for the WWE to push her. Ooh. It's, only, it's only room for one. One dark-skinned black person to get pushed at one a time. One evolution at a time. One evolution at a time. And this one took about 40 years. Took 11 years. 11 years! I mean, I mean, we was happy as hell when The Rock won. Absolutely. And he's half black. Absolutely. And uh, speak, if, since we are on the spotlight, I just want to mention uh, JJL, the, the esteem owner. Thank you for having us on the Spotlight Nation, but... That was very stupid of you for that meme that said Kofi Kingston is the first legitimate black WWE champion. You, the Rock, regardless of if he's half, quarter, third, or, or minimal black, he is the first black, legitimate black WWE champion. Like, first, first full black WWE champion is Kofi Kingston, but not legitimate. Yo, how about them Knicks? <sighs> huh? I get frustrated huh? sometimes. How about the Knicks? So let's get into the big show, WrestleMania, all that shit. WrestleMania 35. And I think the main thing we got to talk about is how freaking long this show was. I fell asleep. Seven hours and 45 minutes. I fell asleep. I legit fell asleep. I know. I saw you. There's probably pictures at Legends Bar. I, I, I literally I I legit fell asleep. I hope there is. Who? I... Yo, that's a work shift. That's a work shift. No one even works for eight hours straight. 
There's a lunch break in between <laughs> where you step outside and you go get lunch. Like, like you expect me to watch eight hours of meaningless wrestling? Sometimes, sometimes I'm at like a good independent show and they come with like an intermission. I'm like, uh, intermission, oh, a what? fucking intermission. Like, what do you need an intermission for? Yo, WrestleMania 35 would have been the best place ever for a fucking intermission. Yo, Holy if they would you know. And this was a part that I didn't enjoy in WrestleMania 33, but WrestleMania 35 needed a performance by a pinball. <laughs> it needed pinball. WrestleMania needed pinball so bad because we had to go, 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 go to sleep now. Go, 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 go. Oh my god! Eight hours. Like, I mean, like, even WrestleMania 34, they had The Undertaker and John Cena segment. That was my bathroom break. So, I mean, like, damn. Touche. I mean, that was a 15-minute entrance. And I wouldn't, I wouldn't have missed the John Cena segment this year because it was actually pretty good with him returning as the Doctor of Thugonomics to interrupt uh, That Elias. was pretty awesome, actually. I, I love that. And that was great use of Cena. That was awesome. Great use of Cena. That was awesome. You don't need him to have a match. I predicted on True Hill Heat that he would interrupt Elias. But he and didn't have not, a match, though. Yeah, not in the way that, I, that we got. So I like that. That was a nice little surprise. But, of course, the biggest moment from WrestleMania 35 is Kofi Kingston. My champion is black. My champion is black. Hell yeah, son. I was so, oh my God. Like, I, I, as tired as I was, I literally was sleeping like a hard body match prior. So whatever the match prior to that was, please enlighten me what that was. I think I'm, it was the woman's tag team. I don't give a fuck. I, I really don't give I a fuck. <laughs> I didn't get no points for Bailey, so I clearly know that they lost. And it was not iconic. So... Thank you, but the oh what? my god, the moment of the entire weekend. We said NXT, we love G1, but this is when we are so gratified and we're so appreciative of when the WWE makes a predictable call and it's right. Yes. And it's fucking right. Do you not understand like what y'all did for us that moment is going to live with us forever no matter how long this championship run is it happened at wrestlemania 35 it made it the greatest wrestlemania in probably the past decade if not longer for us to me my favorite wrestlemania since wrestlemania 19 literally just because of that moment I have never been so emotionally invested in a moment in probably my wrestling watching. Like, just because of that. Because they got it fucking right. They got it right, goddammit. Like, they didn't swerve us. They didn't fuck us over. They didn't do anything stupid. They didn't save it for raw. They just did it. I'm sorry. But you just remind me of every wrestling fan that went on the internet after WrestleMania 35 and called it the best WrestleMania ever. I said Even, for... Wait, wait, wait. Um, let, me finish, let me finish. Including our good friend from WrestleCave podcast, uh, Ace Porter, who said it was the best mania ever. All right, that's, and stretch, I understand. that's stretching. That's I understand. It. That's it was a t- great 20-minute match. That's stretching. It was an amazing moment. That's stretching it was, it. It's one of the best WrestleMania moments in history. 
But that doesn't make up for the other seven hours of track. Uh, no, no, no. You know what? You know what? No, no, no. No, no. WrestleMania 30 is better than it. WrestleMania 31 is better than it. WrestleMania 24 is better than it. Yes. They're all better than it. That's your opinion. They're all better. That's your opinion. They're all better. That's your opinion. No, no, no. Your opinion is that you like WrestleMania 35 better than those. No, no. It's not the best. you have It's not the best. Now, when you have a moment You have to be objective and take the emotion out. It's objective. What the fuck you mean take the emotion out? That's why we enjoy the show. It's not the most emotion. It's not the most Are you kidding me? I go to a show to enjoy and have moments of time that I'm never going to forget. That is something that I'm never going to forget, and I wasn't even fucking there. So a twenty minute, a twenty minute moment, guys, damn right, for a seven hour show. You know what? We just that would make us hypocrites because we literally just said how the Gargano Cole match was one of the greatest matches of all time because of the last few minutes. The last, the first, the first few minutes, the first two falls was a drive. It was good. It was it, not that great. It was not that great at all. But it was good. It was very good. But actually. you're, you're I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm, I don't give a fuck what you say. You're not gonna sit there and berate a whole show or yes. a moment. Yes, because no, because you are literally that's your opinion. opinion. Literally letting a twenty right, minute moment all right. say that a seven that's hour show so, right. is one of the best. So, this, is so then that's we're ridiculous. gonna we're gonna one hundred percent on this one. How do you one, think? I honestly, I'm I honestly don't give a flying fuck what you say. We're gonna definitely agree to disagree. Because when that moment sticks in my head, I'm going to remember that shit 20, 30, 40 the years The moment, not the show. But that was a part of the show. So now... One moment I, in a show. It does not matter when something sticks out to you that way. It is the sorest thumb of sorest thumbs. You're going to remember that for the rest of your life. I don't care what you tell me about the rest of the show. It could have been eight hours. It could have been 30 hours. That 20 minutes made me the happiest wrestling fan in the world for the next five to 10 minutes. I don't care what you tell me. You're never going to take that away from me. You're never going to let me understand how that felt seeing them get something as right as they possibly can get it because you don't think it was that great of a show overall. I don't really you care. You literally never said I the show was great. Did, did, wait, 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 wait. I just said Please put in the comment section if, if you just did a whole soliloquy. You never said the show was great. You said that moment was great. Which That's me, what I'm trying to which say. Is you're, going, you're not understanding which is gonna make me rate, Which is going to make you. me rate WrestleMania overall as a show. It's going to be one of the greatest WrestleManias to me of all time because of that. I don't, there's a lot of stuff that went down at WrestleMania that I really that don't care about. Logical sense, but that's clear from the spot again the your universe. opinion. Okay, well, um, you guys are being compared to Shannon and Skip. Uh, <laughs> that makes sense. JJ is Shannon and SP3 is Skip. Of course he's Skip because he looks at everything and wants to rate it like a fucking piece of paper, like this shit, like this shit. <laughs> Go with your heart, nigga. That shit felt amazing. And it made up for you falling asleep through the other seven hours. Nigga, I needed a break. That was my lunch break. I fell asleep. I mean, I mean, if you only watched that 20 minutes, then I understand why you say it's the best WrestleMania ever. You goddamn right. Nikita says Kofi winning the title was like watching Obama getting elected. Thank you. It was. For the first time. Thank you. It was. And how did that feel? And how did it feel? That moment was the greatest moment of the seven hours. One of the best moments of our lives. Seeing a black 
president get elected. It's one that of is the, what WrestleMania did yes, for me. The WrestleMania, black that champion. moment is one of the greatest in history. It does not make the show the best unbelievable. In, in a unfucking believable. It does unfucking believable. It it's just logic. Like yo, you you need it's logic. Like it's like you, you need just a minute. It's like you need all the seven hours. How is it that great? No, I didn't fall asleep throughout the other seven hours. I said I fell asleep during the match prior. Okay, what else was great on the, the show? Match prior. What else was great on the show, JJ? The other matches that was pretty good on there was No, like, I said great. Don't 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 great? Don't 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 fool me. Don't the change John, the goalposts. The John what Cena was, segment what was, was great. great on the show. The John Cena segment was great. Uh-huh. That was really, really fucking good. Okay. Oh, it's really fucking good or it's great? It was great. Okay. Cool. Honestly, honestly, the Miz and Shane match severely. Wait, wait, wait. The Miz and Shane match was great. Let's hear this. It, Let's hear you say I, this. It over overdelivered for me. No, I said what was great on the show. I don't care. <laughs> Like, yo, yo, whatever you're trying to ask me right now. I love, I love now, how you're, like, trying to change the goal. Whatever you're oh, trying to ask me right good. now is not going to change. Okay. It's not going to change my opinion of how I felt about that show at that time. It's never going to change it. I'm not trying to change it. You can opinion. sit here and Dave Meltzer it all I'm the fuck you want. I'm just literally doing suicide dives through your logic holes. But let's hear from the, uh, from the true heels of the spotlight. Maurice says, WrestleMania 35, I was there and I took a nap. <laughs> Thank you. It was eight Thank hours. You. I think we all took a nap. Thank you. Thank you. If you only watched the 20 minutes of Kofi and Daniel, then it's the greatest WrestleMania ever. Or oh, the best one since 19, like JJ said. That is, uh, that's exactly how I feel. I don't give a fuck what anybody tells me. It ended on a little bit of a damper, a little bit mind. of a fart in the Why? Because your, your, your woman lost? No, because she didn't lose. <laughs> Photographical evidence say that Becky Lynch had... Rowdy, Ronda Rousey down for a two count. But she did become the undisputed women's champion. I actually really like this match. Um, not that many people did. Uh, I think it's due to the controversial finish or uh, it felt kind of rushed after a seven hour show. But I like the main event. I liked it a lot. It was because everybody was tired. It was because everybody was tired. WrestleMania is too long. Yeah. It's simply too long. So it's hard. That's why, like, I, I yo, the fact that through an eight-hour show, I can get that excited for anything for that long of a show. That is how great that moment was. But the show was too goddamn long. It's way too long. They literally need to take two hours off for that show. They need to make it the most crammed three-hour spectacle ever. I understand that they're trying to get everyone on the card. They're trying to get everybody some exposure. They're trying to get everybody a paycheck. That's what the Battle Royal is for. I'm sorry. I agree I'm with you. I'm sorry. Like, but you can't just have these, all these 37 one-on-one -on -one matches. Like, what, like, what the fuck? Like, it, it's, you're taking away from what you're trying to make special. That is why... I I wanted to pick the I wanted obviously I wanted to pick Becky so bad on the show, but it was kind of I just wanted to throw a curveball and pick Ronda because I wanted to see something different. I did have like I had the only feeling that we was gonna have three great moments. I picked Seth. I picked I picked Seth, and then I, of course I picked of course we all picked Kofi. Yeah, but I mean we I had a feeling all three moments was gonna happen, but it's hard to celebrate. Because literally, if WrestleMania was three hours and those three moments happened, greatest show of all time. Yeah. 
Best one since 19. But it's like you had one moment in the first half hour, the next moment was at the three-hour mark, and the next hour was at the seven-hour mark. Exactly. Like, it takes away what it really meant as a wrestling fan because of all the shit in between. Like, I hate the fact that you were right. You were dead spot on with Triple H and Batista. Being a half you. hour. Told you. a half hour. I told you. Triple H can't help himself. They, like, what the fuck? He's in charge of the time constraint. He's in charge of divvying up how much time these matches get. And if he's in the match, it's going to get 20 minutes. Like, I didn't understand how you argued against that. Like, literally, we have a decade of I, evidence I, telling I, us listen, this. Listen, I obviously, anybody that has ever watched me on True Hill Heat knows I act as a fan. I act as a fan. That's what I wanted. Now, am I going to sit here and act all political and try to be correct and try? No. No. I want what the fuck I want. I was literally my inner Batista. Give me what I want. Give me what I want. I was literally my. Give me an eight minute match. Give me an eight minute brawl. That's all I wanted. But of course, logic comes into sense. Reality comes into play. And then we get a 30 minute 30 minutes. Where only eight of it was good. 30 minutes. When he pulls his uh, and like, I, like, out. I like and how when you pull, like how you called it, and I literally, I, I came to realize, like, yeah, they're going to drag out every segment. They're going to mm-hmm. drag out every spot. They're going to yep. drag out the table spot. They dragged, like, literally the nose ring spot was 10 seconds. He made it three minutes. Yep. Everything. He dragged everything out. Niggas is tired. The show was already going on for five fucking hours. And I like, I like, I honestly, I like the match because I got what I expected. <laughs> I got a long, like, come very, on. very long Batista Triple H match. Give that shit. You know what? That shit should have happened. That shit should have happened at the next house pay per view. That shit happened at the next pay per view when there's like twenty thousand people. It's a three hour event. That's one of the focal main events of the show. It's literally exactly three hours. You would have enjoyed the creepiness and the the sadisticness much more if you weren't already in attendance for six fucking hours. That's also true. I mean, Brock Brock and Heyman made the wise decision. They they called an audible and pushed for their match to start the show, the main show, and that was a great decision because Seth Seth and uh, Brock. The reason why Uncle Dave gave a two minute squash match three and a, three and a half stars because all together with the pre match and everything else, plus the surprise of it opening the show, made for a very enjoyable segment. That was one of it the best segments a, of the night. It was a it was a squash match, but it was a great squash match. Yeah, like it was a great squash match. So. Going back to, I mean, I'm gonna kind of nitpick at your ratings there for a second because you gave it a shitty rating. I gave you it two gave stars, it, but it was a great story. So I'm, I, not, I'm I, not gonna go you, above you, three you, you, for for a two minute. Match. You don't need to go above three, but you should have at least given it a three. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Is that it was. You were invested in that shit. Yeah, you were invested in it, and that's all we needed. We didn't need. That to be the best match of the night. We just needed to be invested in it. And we were fucking invested in that shit. Okay. So that's why I think it deserved at least a middle grade. I well, think, I do have to watch you it gave, Dude, you gave the Women's Battle Royal a fucking better grade than that match, which is embarrassing. They actually told a good story in that. No, no. Except for I the mean, ending. I mean, but my point is that that match had you more locked in because of what you thought was looked obvious and then Seth turned the tides. Like, it was a pretty damn good story for a short match. And that's what we wanted. 
short match, quick, to the point, get it done, and the result, we all wanted. Not everybody picked it, but we all wanted it. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I got what I wanted. Uh, Seth's the new champion. Uh, we had the whole Kofi and uh, Seth uh, tease of a winner-take-all oh, match Lord. on, on Raw, oh, which was blown up by the bar, which the fans of the Barclays Center reacted with AEW chants. Uh, that was fun. That yeah, that was, nice. that was actually pretty fun. That was actually pretty fun. And the be- Beach Ball Mania came All back. in all, like, they need to literally cut a couple hours for Mania. Like, I, I understand sure. it's the biggest show of the year. Like, the fact that the pre-show was two hours and then the main show was five and a half hours. Guys, that's too much. But what do you think about the controversial finish to Becky, Charlotte, Ronda? Do you think it was uh, botched or planned? Um, It was not... I don't think it was planned. I just think that the ref started to count too fast. Yes. And it was just clearly is that obviously the ref kind of screwed up. He was in a rush. And it's human error, guys. It's human error. Like, you're in the biggest spotlight of spotlights. And you think, as you're a professional referee, you jump down. You know that this is the moment that's supposed to end the match. Mm -hmm. You jump down and you start counting right away, knowing and expecting them to execute their move precisely as you're supposed to go down and execute your pin precisely that didn't happen he started too fast her shoulders were down at two not one and it ends at her shoulders were down at three but obviously and anybody that thinks about that part it's too much thought process I mean, we knew it was going to happen, so it's th- too much thought process. I like, I like the fact that it's a controversial finish because it does set up for a one-on-one match for next year. It leaves it leaves just enough where Ronda can take a break. If and Ronda has a kid, that shit ain't happening next year. Ronda's not having a kid because I don't believe in Travis Brown's uh, sperm. Wow. What? I don't. Wow. What? I don't. What? I don't believe. Wow. I don't believe. What? Wow. What? I said, I said what wow. I said. I said what I said. Our Lord and wow. Savior will be back. Our Lord and Savior will be back to continue (laughs) blessing us WWE fans. To the spotlight and the true hills. Oh, Nikita with a triple threat of comments about WrestleMania. Notice how in replays they black out Becky Lynch's pin over Ronda. What the hell did? Oh, they did? I did. Thank you, Nikita, because I don't know that. Let's, That's talk awesome. what, let's talk about what Jason said. That's awesome. No, no, no. Let's hear the rest from Nikita. Jason said some dumb shit. And then we'll hear from Jason. I know. Um, second thing from Nikita, at least no kid won the tag team title this year. Thank you know what? Beautiful. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you, Nikita. Good call out. Great call out. Good call out. Great point. Good call out. And third thing, am I the only one who noticed Stephanie was not a public participant in WrestleMania? Wow, I did not even peep that. We didn't get the Stephanie with uh, Triple H and his over-the-top entrance, even though he had like two entrances in one. Yo, that shit, you know what that shit look like? That shit look like the Microsoft Surface 10. But Batista blew his entrance away. Like, oh my god, he did. He blew his entrance away, but Batista didn't have the entrance away. You know who blew his entrance away? Xavier Woods' reaction to Batista. Oh my god! If you don't watch, you need to watch Up, Up, Down, Down. Yo, oh my god. They played Raw vs. SmackDown 2006, and Batista, um, I don't know if you'll remember it, when you play Raw vs. SmackDown in GM mode, you get to pick one person from SmackDown, one person from Raw for a Buried Alive Uh match. Uh, Breeze picked The Undertaker, um, uh, Xavier picked Batista, and then they simulated, and Batista won, and Undertaker had to go for a month, so he literally spent the rest of the episode like, yeah! Yo, that was so awesome to see how Xavier was marked out to Batista's entrance backstage. You have to watch that episode of Love Up Down Now. It's oh even God. better than that. 
It's even better. Yo, it top, it so stops cool. that backstage. So cool. It stops that backstage segment. But the entrance of the night for me was Charlotte Flair reenacting Ric Flair's entrance from the Great American Bash yeah. 1990 coming yeah, out in the, in the helicopter. That was some pretty cool shit, man. That was awesome. And I love the fact that Becky Lynch won the match, is the Undisputed Women's Champion, but had the least the least amount of attention during her entrance for that match. But I, I mean, it was pretty cool. Like, it was, it was a lot a, of steam. No. It was, a, I mean, I'm going to give it because... The women have been getting a lot of backlash for their their main event performance. Mm-hmm. I think the match again, if this show was shorter, would have came off. Better. I think it would have been a better looking performance. Like this show, like guys, we're watching WrestleMania. By the time they come out for seven hours, do you understand what you have to see to get hyped after seven hours? You need to see spots. You need to see. You need to see dives. You need to see tables. You need to see chairs. You need to see violence. The only way that like you need to see like basically take the the match from the G1 Supercard show that Junior Heavyweight Title match and put it in the main event with all of those crazy ass spots and put it at that moment. That's the only way that shit would have got some steam. It's too long. So. If they're having a good storytelling match, you're gonna look at it as like, what the fuck are they doing? Like, just just get into the it's good shit. Taking too long. Just get into the good shit because we're so tired. You don't want to watch a story. You just want to watch theatrics, dramatics, and a powerful finish. So, uh. So, uh, a couple of other matches besides Batista and Triple H came a little bit short. We had the disappointing retirement match for Kurt Angle. I'm not talking about that Yeah, I know you don't want to talk about Baron Corbin. I'm not talking about it. Getting a victory at WrestleMania. If y'all want True Hill Heat to go for fucking three hours, y'all want want three-hour True Hill Heat, let me get an opinion on that shit. Orton and AJ, which was supposed to be one of the better matches, as well as Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, kind of fell a little bit below the Roman Drew McIntyre match severely disappointed me. It was a raw match severely at WrestleMania. Severely disappointed me. It was definitely a raw match at WrestleMania. Like, really disappointing. Like, and AJ, really disappointing. AJ and Orton didn't go out of second gear, but going back to our last topic on our top news, AJ is another one who's apparently a part of this injury report and apparently has an injury that kept him off of the. So is that why his W? Is that why? His title run sucked. Let's not get into. It. Let's not pick on AJ any more than we've already had. <laughs> Is that already. why the title run sucked? Uh, okay. Let's hear from the spotlight and the true heels about WrestleMania. Um. Well, before that, Jason Michael Campbell says, "How do I say some dumb shit? I've been a wrestling fan for forty years." Get him. Um, get him, Jason. By get being him. a wrestling fan for forty years, that's how you say dumb shit. Because you're so immune to saying dumb shit, you don't know when shit is dumb. Get him, Jason. You're, you're so immune to it, you have no clue. So you probably got all these friends around you. I've been watching wrestling for forty years, so I know everything that I'm talking about. I've done seen from superstar Billy Graham to Harley Race to Hulk Hogan. To Ravishing Rick Rude, to Stone Cold Steve Austin, to CM Punk, to John Cena, to Roman Reigns, to now I got some good old-fashioned NXT. <laughs> That's how you say dumb shit after Ray being a wrestling fan for 40 years. I got you, bro. I'm always here for you. I love the rivalry between Jason and Stat Jason. Kate says, R.I.P. Jason. <laughs> Jason, you can get him. Jason, get back at him. 
I, I want to see the comments in the comment section from my good guy, Jason. Uh, my final note from WrestleMania is, of course, regardless of how I felt about the entire show, the MVP of the entire show was Kofi Kingston. That was by far one of the best matches of the entire WrestleMania week between Kofi and Daniel Bryan. But my last question for you, JJ, what was your best match you saw during the entire WrestleMania week? I mean, best match. I mean, so obviously there's there's two different things. They got best match and best moment. Best match clearly Golden Golden Gargano. Golden Gargano to me was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen in my life. As far as especially going to the event live last minute and seeing something that special, that was, to me was a, that was wrestling purest at its finest. I mean, I thought I came close to that by seeing the Ibushi and Naito match. But Cole and Gargano, to me, was the show stealer of the weekend. That, to me, was the best match I have ever seen personally live. Okay. Best moment? Kofi winning the Kofi. Yeah, I Kofi. think we, we definitely agree with the best, best moment for WrestleMania week. Um, Cole and Gargano, I, I, like I said, I rated that five stars, so I won't really mention that. Uh, Abushi and Naito was a classic. Uh, Okada and Jay Wyatt was the match that <laughs> exceeded my expectations the most. But the number one match I want to point out was a match that wasn't on TakeOver, wasn't on WrestleMania, and wasn't on the G1 Supercard. Bandito versus Osprey at the Hilton, New York uh, for a WrestleCon Super Show. That was the main event. My God, that was a tremendous match. Amazing match. Very underrated match on that show as well was Dragon Lee versus Kana Vivaro. I've never been in Mexico before. Before, but a Mexican tradition is when a match is so great they throw dollar bills into the ring and we had that at the Hilton New York after that match that match was so good and surprised so many fans at the at the building that they threw dollars into the crowd and bit and uh Dragon Lee and Cannavaro walked away with oh, wow. a, a couple of singles they, nice, they nice. couple dollars couple, couple dollars, dollars. They, made, dollars, they, made dollars. The, they made the referee because he was the only one with pockets nice. picking everything up but nice. that was very a very nice moment during that show that was very underrated and one person I want to point out if you haven't heard of him before if you don't know of him I don't even know if JJ seen him because I've never been to a event with him on there with JJ with me our producer knows about him himself it is the biggest star in professional wrestling that you don't know of yet orange fucking Cassidy oh shit okay orange Cassidy I think I'm thinking I'm learning something right now I'm not, I'm not, I, I'll be open to learning shit what am I watching right now I mean, while he while he's chilling, Jason, your comeback was terrible. Your comeback was terrible. I swear, if you don't come back with something better than that before we go off the air, I'm not responding to your comments no more. Come with some real heat. That was garbage. If you haven't seen Orange Cassidy before, he's on Evolve. My producer knows what I'm uh, talking about. He's on a couple He's reading of, it because he's not going to read it back because it was that irrelevant. He's on a couple of different indies, so... Take a look at Orange Cassidy if you haven't before. So let's end off True Hill Heat. Thank you so much for watching True Hill Heat 31, uh, our post-WrestleMania uh, podcast. You can always go on our YouTube channel, True Hill Heat. Uh, we got up on there part one of our WrestleMania 35 special edition, as well as part two is going to be up later tonight. Later this week, we'll have this one up, True Hill Heat 
31 will be up on our YouTube channel. Yo, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's because Jason put a response. Shit so, is, shit is whack. So we'll, we'll go. Yo, yo, nah, nah, I'm calling you out, bro. Now I'm calling you out, just like how I call out Mackenzie. So I've been calling you out this whole show. So I'm sitting here telling him how whack he's been. So he's like, I'm not trying to come back at you, man. Yeah, I agree. You are terrible. What the fuck? Say something. Give me some heat. We on True Hill Heat. Don't give me this bullshit that fans be saying to me at the Barclays Center. Like, come at me, bro. Fuck. God damn. I Finish. Lo- I love where you guys are able to get JJ like this. Like, this shit is wax, this, son. This makes the show for me. So, thank you for watching. If you're watching on the Spotlight, Pro Wrestling Spotlight, as well as the Spotlight, you can like and follow that. I page. love you, Jason. You, you, you my dude, man. You my dude. Keep bringing, keep bringing the wax shit, man. If you are not already a part of the True Hills group page. I'm going to send you a Triple H t-shirt for your efforts. If you're not already part of the True Hills group page, you can become a part of that on Facebook. Uh, follow us on Twitter. It's time to be to his comments from now on. Follow us on True Hill Heat on the Twitter machine. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at True Hill underscore Epic SP3. Where can they follow you? Yo, True Hill underscore Top by JJ. Jason, what the fuck, bro? Check us out on iTunes. We got our uh, both parts of True Hill Heat from the Bullet Club Bog Party is up on our iTunes uh, subscription page. And we're going to have True Hill Heat 31 up on there this week. And check out our very special segments. We got a new edition of The Count coming up on our YouTube channel. Uh, We have the newest edition, the top five women not signed to WWE up on there as well. Uh, I get. I think our producer is trying to get one more comment out. No, no, no. Say it. Say it for say the. It? Yeah, say it. Um, Bruno AB came to the party a little late, but he's asking, "Yo, is that Viscera with the red shirt?" <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You see, that's some shit that will make me come back to the fake pimp. You ain't no pimp, nigga. You ain't got no hoes. You got a fake card. And I see my man Josh posted it a couple months ago. Your card is phony. Your shit is fugazi. The number's fake. The dollars are fake. The account number ain't even real. Like, see, come at me with some real shit. You see what I mean? I like that. I don't know how we get off the rails like this late in the show. Like, this is the record. But, uh, yeah. Check us out on iTunes. Like, share, and subscribe us on our YouTube channel. For Top Guys AJ, SP3, Miss Chrissy Love will be back on True Hill Heat 32. Until next time, we are signing off.